Hey there, welcome to the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. This week on the show, we are featuring two seriously funny women. In that, they are super funny. They also use their comedy to tackle serious stuff. First up, Samantha Irby. She's got a book of essays out called, Wow, No Thank You, uh, which is also a New York Times bestseller. Then we've got stand-up from the always funny and thought-provoking Jackie Cation. She will explain to us why she's suspicious of people who self-identify as empaths. All that, plus we're going to hear some music from Fantastic Negrito. He just won his third Grammy, which technically is three more Grammys than we've won. Also, do they give out Grammys to radio shows? I don't know. The point is, we got a good one this week, so don't go anywhere. The Livewire House Party gets started right after this. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. How's it going? It's going well. Remember how last week I had a giant jug of water with me that I was trying to consume yes. twice a day? You were on a, a hydrating mission. How's it going? Yeah. Well, I've been getting emails from the Livewire listeners who say that's possibly a terrible idea. Why? Like, I don't know. They just said, like, if you've had enough water that you're constantly using the restroom, your body is telling you it's enough water. I drink that much water. I drink 100 ounces a Wait, day. Really? Yeah. I also drink like a gallon of coffee and about a quarter gallon of whiskey a day. And so it's really dehydrating. You're more liquid than human. (laughs) Well, I think I have to replenish a lot of fluids because both (laughs) of those fluids are are quite dehydrating. So maybe you're actually on the right track. Maybe somewhere in the middle of what we're both doing is the right sweet spot. Speaking of sweet spots, though, uh, should we do our little radio show? Let's do it. Molly, are we recording? We are ready to go, Luke. All right. Take it away, Elena. From PRX, it's Livewire, recorded from our actual houses. Welcome to the Livewire house party. This week, writer Samantha Irby and comedian Jackie Cation, with music from Fantastic Negrito. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, from a small room just off his kitchen, the host of Livewire, Luke Perfect! Hey! 
Thank you so much to the extremely hydrated Elena Passarello. And thanks to everybody for tuning in out there in listener land. We've got a fun show for you this week. Uh, we always ask the audience a question this week. We asked, what's a bit of lockdown self-care that you're going to keep after the pandemic? Of course, we developed a lot of self-care mm-hmm. during this time of lockdown. And some of that would be great to bring with us. So we're going to get those responses to the question in just a few moments. First, though, of course, we got to start things off with the best news we heard all week. This is our little weekly check-in and reminder that there is good news happening out there in the world. Elena, what is the best news you heard all week? All right, I'm going to stretch the concept a little bit this week. Okay. Because um, I don't know if this could ever be considered the best news, especially if you are the subject of this story. But right. it's definitely the best headline I read all <laughs> week, if not all year. Okay. And it is what? <laughs> it's from the uh, Indianapolis Star Tribune. And here it is. Fungus full of psychedelic drugs could cause Indiana brood X cicadas butts to fall off. <laughs> That's that's like an entire short story. I know. The cicadas are emerging, right, for yeah. the first time in about 17 years? Yes. Um, so this is something that's always happened with them uh, or that people have known about for hundreds of years. But apparently there is a fungus that uh, has the same chemicals as psilocybic mushrooms, like, mag- like shrooms. Sure. And it gets into the bodies of these cicadas as they're emerging and it eats them from the inside so that their exoskeleton breaks in half and they lose their butts. But they don't care because it's been 17 years. They are thirsty. They are ready for some loving. So then they go and they find these others. The whole thing with the 17-year thing is that they're emerging to breed. And then they rub their their fungusy bodies all over their partners. So then it becomes kind of like a cicada STD. (laughs) It's a butt fall off STD. Wow. Is this, I don't know if it says in the article, but is this like a threat to the cicada population? I don't think so. I think it's just kind of like a part of the program. Um, And my favorite scientist that's quoted in the article, because they're these spores that they're kind of like sprinkling all over from their Mm -hmm. their butts, and he calls them flying salt shakers of death. Wow. (laughs) That's cinematic. Yeah, right? My best news that I heard all week is less insect related and more related to a town in Pennsylvania. It's actually called Conneautville, which Elena, you know, I have now set the precedent for calling the local mini mart of whatever town I'm talking about to get the pronunciation down. Yeah. There's no Tim Hortons in Conneautville. No, I had to call a Tim Hortons recently in Canada. I had to call a Wawa (laughs) Conneautville to get the pronunciation. This is the story of a teacher, Barb Heim, she's been the first grade teacher at Conneaut Valley Elementary School for 35 years. She has a student who uh, has leukemia and was not able to come into school for treatment. He was a little guy named Harrison Connor. And in Conneautville, apparently the students had come back to school full time in the fall because they were able to do that for whatever reason. But this little guy, Harrison Connor, couldn't because his immune system was compromised. He was going through leukemia. And so Every day after school, Barb Heim has been driving 20 minutes to Harrison's house after school to 
give Harrison a private lesson through, you know, she's masked, he's masked, there's plexiglass, it's all safe. But she's been driving to his house every day after school to, like, personally instruct him. An encore performance of the day's lessons. Exactly. And so that he can feel connected to his schooling and also to his class. By the way, she also was the person to notice something was off with Harrison. Near the end of 2019, she noticed that he was getting very tired at recess. And she reported it to the school nurse, and then they talked to his parents, and then they found out that he had this diagnosis. I don't – I mean, is there a Teacher of the Universe award? (laughs) And if so, can we just unilaterally right here right now give it to Barb Heim of Conneautville, Pennsylvania? That really is exceptional. And also – It's worth noting that there are so many teachers right now all over the country who are driving things to people's houses and making sure students have resources. So Buying stuff out of their own pockets. Yeah. Probably every month should be Teacher Appreciation Month. By the way, Harrison is in remission. We're happy to report. So he will be able to rejoin his classmates at some point. And that is the best news that we heard all week. You're listening to Livewire from PRX. As I mentioned earlier, our listener question this week is about pandemic self-care. And I got to tell you, our next guest's book of essays, which is titled Wow, No Thank You, uh, it was kind of just the dose of of like comedy and life perspective that I was needing back when the pandemic started, like really started. Uh, Apparently, uh, it wasn't just me because the book was an instant number one New York Times bestseller. We had a great time back in April talking to Samantha Irby. We were at our houses. She was at her place in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Let's take a listen to that now. Our chat with Samantha Irby. Samantha Irby, welcome to the show. Thank you for hanging out with me. You have this new collection of essays out, Wow, No Thank You, Samantha, which is so funny and good. (laughs) But also this would be the time under in normal circumstances where you release a book and then you go on book tour. Mm -hmm. You're doing this all, I guess, like from your house right now. How's that working out for you? Um, It's a double-edged sword on one side. It's like incredible to not have to be flying and wear dirty clothes all across the country uh, and wash my underwear in hotel sinks and like hug people after that, which is really what book tour is. It's like talking to a lot of people while extremely dirty and uh, gross. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that part, I do miss like the hugging people, but Mm. also I don't know that I'll ever hug anyone again after this because uh, it's dangerous. Um, But then the other part is just like, it feels a little like weird to be trying to sell something when people are, you know, sick. Um, I understand that it's a dangerous time, but also I have a contract to sell you a thing, so right? please buy it. <laughs> so it's like it's it's surreal. It's surreal. Well, it's surreal. The opening essay. I know you, you must have finished the book last year, right, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. But the opening essay, uh, you sort of go about the details of your working from home day, mm-hmm. yeah. which is unbelievably 
impression. I'm sure so many people who are going to read it now have had the experience of like kind of putting all your stuff from the bedroom into a bag and taking it downstairs <laughs> and that's your commute for the day. And I didn't mean for this to be like a lifestyle guide for <laughs> our current time. But <laughs> it does feel though, Samantha, like you have been preparing for this just in your personal life and your way of moving through the world for a while. Yes. The goal has always been to move toward a completely indoor life. Um, I didn't bargain on like economic collapse, like being the reason right. <laughs> I moved toward one. But yeah, I, I love being at home. I have filled my home with a lot of stuff that uh, – makes me happy so I'm like fine to not leave I live like my wife's like an you know outdoor walk around Mm -hmm. like see people kind of person so (laughs) it's hard for me to watch how hard it is for her but other than that I'm into it this is the Livewire house party we're talking to Samantha Irby uh her new book of essays is called wow no thank you um, this seems like a super personal question, but it's in the book, so I feel comfortable posing it. But you write about having Crohn's disease and how challenging that can be for somebody to be out in the world moving around. Mm-hmm. Is that a nice part of being home, that that's not part of the calculation for you? So my Crohn's hasn't been active for a while. Not Ooh, wood if there's great. any wood nearby. I think <laughs> like having like a diarrhea disease just kind of dictates <laughs> more of my life than I want it to. I mean, frankly, that's one of the good things about not being on tour is like, like I don't eat normally uh, because I don't want to, mm. you know – poop my pants in an airport. Mm. Um, So being home now, you know, and the toilet being nearby is pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) we got to find the silver linings where we can during this weird time. Yes. Um, Would you mind uh, reading a little bit from the new book, Wow, No Thank You? Um, There's a a chapter uh, where you're just basically, your anxiety is calling 911 on people. (laughs) Could you read from that one? Yes. Okay. Hello, 911. There's a middle-aged dad standing next to the yogurts in Trader Joe's, actively strumming a guitar (laughs) and trying to make meaningful eye contact with every harried person trying to get a box of pastry pups on a dismal Saturday afternoon. And everyone other than me seems to be maintaining a relaxed and happy exterior, despite the fact that this is terribly embarrassing and he is singing Bob Marley. Please get me out of here. (laughs) All I wanted was a bag of reasonably priced shelled nuts sold to me by a relatively attractive retired shoe salesman (laughs) in a faded Hawaiian shirt. Is that really too much to ask? Hello, 911? Which line is moving faster, the one I'm in or that other line? And do you think I should switch? Does it matter? It's not like I have anywhere to be, but just standing here makes me feel like my organs are going to burst out of my skin. I can't prove it, but I think this line is moving incrementally slower. Why does that make me feel like I'm losing a race? Should I just stay where I am? Or do you think it's okay if I ease over to lane eight in a way that silently telegraphs, I'm not mad, just having an inexplicable panic attack, please ignore me, to the checkout girl? If I move to the other line, will the target god smite me by throwing a clearance (laughs) rack shirt with a missing price tag into that lady's cart? 
Why did I even come here? Hello, 911? I am the first person at this party. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha Irby reading from her new book of essays. Wow. No, thank you. Here on the Livewire house party. (laughs) That first one you're talking about, the guy playing the guitar, it reminds, I just have zero chill in those situations. I don't understand people who are able to be around something embarrassing and not absorb the embarrassment into themselves. Yes. Yes. I have to leave. That was a real incident that happened at the Kalamazoo Trader Joe's and there was a man strumming a guitar and I left my cart right there and got in my car and went home. I cannot like secondhand embarrassment. I feel so deeply that it's like painful to me. I'm also extremely embarrassed about everything I do and everything I've ever said and everything I put on. So it's not like just reserved for other people, but in like in a moment like that, I just shut down and I'm like, oh, I'm, I have to go. This is Livewire from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. We are playing a conversation that we recorded with writer Samantha Irby back in April of last year. Her book is Wow, No Thank You. Uh, we got to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we'll be back with much more with Samantha in just a moment. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke, I didn't see you there. It's that time of year again. My seasonal allergies are back. Oh, congratulations. But also, it's our spring member drive, which is happening right now through May 17th. Oh, I like that much more than seasonal allergies. Yeah, if you are not yet a member of Livewire's League of Extraordinary Listeners, well, now is the time to do it. Why? Well, because this League of Extraordinary Listeners... Uh, is what keeps the lights on over at Livewire Inc., uh, which is definitely not the association that we are part of. I'm probably a 501c3. They don't let me near any of the paperwork mm-hmm. or bookkeeping, and it's really better that way. Yes. Point is, we we are only able to keep doing this show because of support from our members, and we would love it if you could join us in that right now. Plus, there are all kinds of sweet perks, including... Uh, special discounted tickets to live recordings, on-air shout-outs, exclusive content. Uh, and, Elena, uh, one more thing, that, of course, we would not be a self-respecting public radio show if we didn't offer this. If we didn't offer the most iconic public radio swag of all time, a tote bag. True iconic status. Yeah, but it's not just any tote bag. This is like a really good tote bag. It's got a second zipper, an internal zipper. Yes, whatever you want to put in the tote bag, that's your business, Okay. What we're mm-hmm. here to talk about is you keeping LiveWire going. So head on over to LiveWireRadio.org to see the various member levels. It does not matter how much you are giving every month to LiveWire. It just matters that you do it because it goes a long way for us. So thank you. Welcome back to the LiveWire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. We are at our houses. Let's check back in with the conversation that we've been playing with Samantha Irby, the writer. Her book of essays is Wow, No Thank You. She was at her house in Kalamazoo. We recorded this in April of last year. Take a listen. Um, You uh, write in this new book about uh, becoming a step-parent kind of unexpectedly, and you write about uh, that 
sort of learning process for you and like how private to be with your stepkids? How's that all working out while in quarantine? I know a lot of people are in complicated parenting situations. It's well, luckily they are both at the like tween and teen stage of being completely uninterested in (laughs) anything I do because they're all just in their corners like TikToking or (laughs) well the older one like makes music so he's like very like intensely with his uh synthesizers and keyboards and we have a drum set that he's always banging on so we're doing okay (laughs) (laughs) I've been reading a lot about people who uh have been listening to music from not just the before times, but the way before times, like Uh high school times. Yesterday I went on a walk and I listened to this album from 1999 that I hadn't listened to since I was in college. Um, And it made me think of your book where you reconstruct this classic, what was it, like Mm -hmm. 1990? Yeah, like from early 90s to late 90s. That was really when I hit my like musical Mm -hmm. stride. And that's, I mean, I listen to new stuff, but I still like regularly i'm listening to portishead oh yeah oh man so good <laughs> evergreen <Sarah> McLaughlin. <laughs> I, there's an amazing we're talking to samantha irby there's an amazing moment in this uh, new book oh wow no thank you where you're living in a in a kind of i don't know, maybe rooming house might be how you describe it a place where there's a lot of <laughs> mm-hmm. strangers that live there with you and somebody is trying to steal a cd out of your room and it's dave matthews band and you kind of <laughs> like you have like a wrestling match over it yes he tried to steal my copy of under the table and dreaming and i was not having it i mean here's the thing about me that's going to make me less cool Um, I still love Dave Matthews. I would probably still wrestle Mm -hmm. that crackhead for my Dave Matthews CDs. I still have them. He's corny, sure, but I'll take corny. This is uh, uh, actually very appropriate that we've moved into slightly judgy territory because, (laughs) uh, by the way, we're talking to Samantha Irby. Her new book is Wow, No Thank You. Um, Samantha, you are an expert on judging. Not necessarily being judgy, but literally Judge Mathis. Like, you send out a newsletter where you recap episodes of Judge Mathis, um, Mm -hmm. which got us thinking that, you know, during this time of quarantine, a lot of us are home, we're with our partners, and there's a lot of, like, domestic stuff, domestic duties that we're trying to navigate, like, who does what. And Mm -hmm. so... We've put together a little list of of kind of possible domestic squabbles. And because you are so deeply I- immersed in the universe of Judge Mathis, we wanted to have you render some judgments in what we're calling live wire court. <laughs> this is maybe the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> okay, good. Glad it's working for you. So, oh by the way, in the background, people can hear the actual people's court theme playing. And as Elena pointed out yesterday in a meeting, this song goes buck wild in the last like fifteen oh, yeah. seconds. Bongo, yeah. That wasn't me, but bongo. It goes bongo crazy. Like yeah. uh, that's I. Yeah. That. That's a theme song. We yeah. need to bring that back. Oh yeah. All right, Samantha. Uh, here's a question for you: um, Is the last person out of the bed obligated to be the one who makes it? Oh. <gasps> Yes. As the person who is always last out of the bed, I do try to make it 
all the time. Yeah. No, you have to. Especially, you know, because the person who got up first is probably, like, doing something useful and, like, getting a jump on their day Mm -hmm. and not laying horizontally until (laughs) noon. Yeah. If you're last out, you got to make it. I'm going to take this recording and give it to my partner. (laughs) That is not the way it works in my house. (laughs) <laughs> to oh, my no. disadvantage. So oh, uh, no. I can't no, you wait. You got to fix that. Thank you for that service, Judge Irby. You're Appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Um, Judge Irby, is it permissible to argue with a pet? <laughs> you know what? No, because the pet always wins. That is so true. Like, we have many pets in this home. They're all agents of chaos. <laughs> and even if you stop them from doing whatever bad thing they're doing, they're just going to start it again as soon as you walk away and you can't control that. There are many times where I'll be in bed and the cat will come outside the bedroom door and start meowing to go outside. Mm-hmm. And I will think to myself, I'm an adult. I graduated from <laughs> a college. I pay my taxes. This is a cat. I will win this negotiation. And then she meows two more times and I'm like. She outsmarted yeah. me again. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's a master negotiator. Well, I mean, the first thing is they aren't bothered by <laughs> our noise nearly as much as we are bothered by theirs. Mm-hmm. And they have that advantage. Like, I will do anything to get these cats to shut up. Right. Anything. We're talking to Samantha Irby. Her new book is Wow, No Thank You. This is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank at my house. Lena Passarello is at her place in Corvallis, Oregon. And uh, we are asking some sort of, uh, I wouldn't say legal questions, but important (laughs) questions of Samantha Irby, who we're calling Judge Irby for the purposes of this segment. Uh, Judge Irby, uh, okay, which is more heinous, eating all of a good snack or eating 99% of a good snack and putting the package Uh, back so the next person thinks there's actually a good snack left? I, like, my stomach just dropped out of my butt just hearing that. No, you you must eat the whole thing. Yeah. You can't put back a little sliver or a little piece. No, that's, no, no, no. Because you are really playing with someone's emotions, especially during the current, you know, COVID times. Because if you see, like, there's some of, like, your favorite snack left all day, Uh you're thinking about it. You're like, I can't wait till that happens. And then Mm -hmm. to realize at 11 o'clock at night it was a mirage. That's, that's, That's rough. Like the when you pull out the ice cream pint and then you pull too hard because you feel like yeah. it was full <laughs> and there's that lightness like <gasps> it's that feeling oh it's crushing the Germans crushing. definitely have a word for that I promise yes. you yes it's a horrible feeling uh, well Samantha. Uh, I think we picked exactly the right person to weigh in on these important matters because you like <laughs> your your legal mind for this is is absolutely sterling. So thank thanks you. for helping us out and thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Samantha Irby's You're new book welcome. is Wow, no thank you. It is a really great read and it's exactly the kind of thing we should be reading during these otherwise stressful times because I know that I felt less stressed out having having read it. Amen. Oh, thank you. You guys have a good rest of your day. Be safe. All right. Eat 100% of all your snacks. Yeah. May your ice cream always weigh what you think it's going to weigh. That's the new sign-off in COVID. Yes. That was Samantha Irby, recorded in April of last year, talking about her book, Wow, No Thank You. Uh, Elena, according mm. to Insta, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I call Instagram. Ooh. They just finished shooting a pilot 
based on Samantha's first book. And she is working on this pilot along with Abby Jacobson uh, from Broad City. Friend of the show. Yep. Jesse Klein from so many different yeah. awesome projects. Yeah. Those are both former Livewire guests. <laughs> they're working with Samantha, also a former Livewire guest. Essentially, they're creating something that is intended specifically for us. Like I'm talking about for you, you and me, and, me <laughs> and the staff of Livewire. We're the only people allowed to watch this new pilot. Anyway, make sure to check that out whenever it does hit the airwaves. Hey, special thanks this episode to Maggie Savarino of Seattle, Washington, and James Sloan of Hendersonville, Tennessee. Maggie and James are part of the Livewire member community. They're generously supporting our show with a donation each month, and that is how we're able to keep this thing going. So big thanks this week to Maggie and James for supporting Livewire. This is the Livewire House Party. As we like to do each week, we asked the Livewire audience a question. We asked, what's a bit of lockdown self-care that you're going to keep after the pandemic? Folks sent in those answers via social media. Elena, you have been collecting them up. What do you see in Sarah is going to hold on to not going to things that I don't want to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying no to social events forever. I know that that is going to be something that a lot of people are going to have to kind of deal with or confront or make some decisions around, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that there are going to be more invites now and there are going to be all those things that many of us didn't want to go to in the before times. And are we going to hold the line on that or are we going to kind of slip back into that mode of social obligations that may or may not be fun for us? And you know how in like the zoom averse you can kind of half go to a party? Like you could put yes. your earbuds in and like fold your socks while people are talking about their days or whatever. You can't do that when it's like a on location party. You can't yep. just like show up with your laundry and half listen to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm going to show up at someone's barbecue just with a bunch of dirty laundry. Oh, do your laundry there. <laughs> Yeah. Anytime the conversation gets boring, head for the laundry room. Oh, don't, did I hear the dryer go? Yeah, that's great. That's actually pretty good. What's another piece of self-care that our listeners are going to take with them after the pandemic? How about this one from Catherine? Staying six feet away from people. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. I mean, obviously there was the stress involved with the social distancing and whether or not people were following the rules as they were in, you know, grocery stores and the like. It's also just nice to not be mm -hmm. too close to folks. Also, I'm going to miss being in Trader Joe's with just a massive pimple and no one knowing about it. Yeah. That mask was doing some pretty decent <laughs> yeah. obscuring of whatever was going on on my face. Yeah, you never had to put on lipstick. If you had food smears, like, you know, yeah. like in the corner of your mouth, nobody knew. Yeah. I am going to stay my distance. I like this in new personal space, but I am going to start aggressively hugging people. So look out, <laughs> universe. And then I'm going to go home because I don't want to go to your party. <laughs> <laughs> hugging, big with Passarello. Staying at your party, no. not so big. Nope. <laughs> What's uh, something else that the listeners are going to keep doing as far as self-care goes? All right. Cassie has shown me the light. This is a self-care practice right. that I am going to hold on to. Okay. Soft pants forever. The last year has convinced me that jeans are a sham. And I don't know if you can see, like, I'm, yeah. I'm sweatpants in it forever. I'm never going back. I've got, like, different gradations of formality of my sweatpants. <laughs> they're, they're By jeans, when I walk past them in the closet, they're like, remember me? But, like, I'm not, I'm not going back. 
I have now moved into sweatshorts life. <laughs> you and I are looking at each other on Zoom. Take a look. Uh-oh. Sweatshorts. Sweatshorts. They're gray from the 90s. Looking good. <laughs> for, with a drawstring. Like from, from, from what you can see on the Zoom call, I'm wearing a sweater. I'm trying to look relatively professional. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken these shorts off for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're from Lululemon. They're the best. <laughs> I love them so much. All right. This is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. As you can tell in our voices, like a lot of people, we're pretty excited about what feels like maybe a little bit of light towards the end of the tunnel. Um, But that does not mean that we're going to stop practicing self-care. And what is better than a good laugh when it comes to self-care? Our next guest has been providing just that sort of thing for over 35 years as a stand-up comedian, as well as the host of the wonderful and long-running podcast, The Dork Forest. (laughs) We were so excited to have her join us at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland back in 2019. Take a listen to this. It's Jackie Cation here on Livewire. Hello, Portland, Oregon. Hello, Livewire audience. Uh, yes, I am, uh, this is a middle-aged white lady. That's what this is. You're listening to a middle-aged white lady. Here's the weird thing about that. I never knew I was white. Possibly the whitest thing I've ever said. Why? Because I'm from Wisconsin. Let's talk about it. Uh, in Wisconsin, if someone were to say to me, I'm white, I promise you, I would say back to that person, did you mean Polish? Did you mean German? Did you mean Italian? Because I know exactly what this is. This is a middle-aged white lady, and when I was a tiny middle-aged white lady, I was told exactly what I was made up of in Wisconsin, which is old-school peasant stock from all sides. This is literally half Irish, half Armenian. That's what I was told as a tiny child. I have been genetically modified to pick up a rock on someone else's property. That's what I was told as a child. And I grew up knowing that. And now that I know that I'm a middle-aged white lady, I know that my my job is to confront other meaner, stupider white people. It can be done. I can do it. I don't like confrontation. And the reason I don't like confrontation, for several reasons. One, of course, is I'm a giant, hippie, skippy, bleeding-heart liberal. And I've been one since the dawn of man. I uh, have been a crystal clutcher and a big, hippie, skippy person forever. Back in the 80s, I used to say Nicaragua. I, yeah. Yeah. I have been insufferable for decades. So I don't want to have confrontations, but I also don't want to do it because I'm an American. I have no interest. I would like to hire someone. Uh, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I've already paid for shipping. Does no one care? Someone fix this. But I'm willing to do it for a couple of reasons. One, I think I was raised to do it. And second of all, I've recently found out that middle-aged white ladies are invincible. We cannot be killed. We also will not shut up. Uh, The look that I am rocking right here is very much a hashtag peppermint patty. This has interrupted a barbecue or made a child stop having a lemonade stand because this look is a nightmare look for anyone who's a person of color. I'm going to call the cops is what this looks like. And with, with this look comes great responsibility. 
that I am willing to take into consideration, especially since I found out that we can't be killed. Last summer, I was in Yellowstone National Park, very beautiful Yellowstone National Park. Four different middle-aged white ladies the week that I was there, different women, different parts of the park, different days of that week, uh, tried to pet wild animals. <laughs> Four women, four 50-year-old women, three women tried to pet bison, one woman tried to pet a moose. None of them died. They all should have died. There's a sign every two feet in Yellowstone National Park that says, do not pet the wild animals. And these four women were like, sure, but not me, it's me, Kimberly. So hide behind this, for it cannot be murdered. Um, the reason I was, I was raised to do this is because I, I'm of Armenian ancestry, and my grandmother lived through the Armenian genocide. When the Turks came to her tiny village to empty everybody out, they didn't have any time, and so they were rousted out of their homes and into the streets, and she still said, she said there was uh, rousted so quickly there was bread in the oven. 60 years later, she was still worried about it. I'm pretty sure it burned, pretty sure it burned. Okay. Um, <laughs> But she told me that um, the Turkish general in charge of her village told her family that they could keep their family donkey. They were going to keep their family donkey, and my grandmother's grandmother was going to ride that donkey out into the world. And the village priest of the Armenian church stole the donkey so that he could ride it. And my grandmother was 16, and she took a two-by-four and beat the priest off of the donkey. <laughs> And she told me that story when I was 19 and I told her I didn't want to go to church anymore. <laughs> she said, I go to church, you'll go to church. And uh, so it came to pass. Anyway, so. <laughs> and I, I try to be a good role model. I'm not particularly good at it. I live in Los Angeles. It's not very hard. Um, so. Uh, but I've had four different youths in the last year, four different younger up-and-coming comics have said to my face in the last year, I am an empath. <laughs> like Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. Like a demon from Buffy the Ve No, you aren't. You made eye contact with someone who was crying. Someone looked up from their phone and you were there. Live it up. One of, and one of my friends, this guy said to me, he said, no, no, it's more than that. It's like when someone else's dog dies, I feel it just as bad as they do. And I said, wow, do you, do you feel the waves of hostility coming off of me? Do you, do you feel that? Because the word you're thinking of is narcissism. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, lo I love all, I love the next generation, I love all the people in the world, I, I'm, I'm on board, but they were all millennials, and people give guff to a lot of millennials. I'm Gen X myself, we got guff, but I have never seen the pile of guff that millennials have gotten. It is a pile of avocado toast that you people are being buried underneath, but the only... Who doesn't love avocado toast? Here's my favorite, though, that doesn't make any sense, but have you heard that millennials don't know how to read maps? Do you hear about that? They don't know how to read maps, you guys. We're always looking at their devices. They don't know how to read maps. We used to read maps all the time. In the 80s, we used to read maps. They don't know how to read them. They're always looking at their devices. I have this to say. I was there in the 80s. There was some map usage. Not as much as has been reported. <laughs> we mostly use people. I'd call you. I'd say, I live here, you live there. How do I get there? 
I'd write down the directions on a piece of paper. I'd leave that piece of paper on the kitchen table. I'd get into my car. I'd drive as far as I remembered. I'd pull over. I'd put 20 to 35 cents into a phone. And I'd call you again. Where do you live from here, I'd say. So you are not fighting a pile of Magellans. We don't know how to read the stars either. Uh, if I see a tree and it has moss on it, I absolutely never think to myself, Portland, north. I think dirty tree. Thanks a lot, you guys. Jackie Cation, everybody. That was Jackie Cation right here on Livewire, recorded back in 2019 at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland. Hey, Jackie is going back on the road, as are lots of our stand-up comedy performing guests. Uh, she's going to be having a show at Comedy Works South in Denver next weekend. For those of you listening in from the Centennial State did you know Colorado is the centennial state, Elena? I do now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if you're in the centennial state, you can go check out Jackie next weekend. And if you are not in the centennial state, you can stream the show from the comfort of your own home. Hey there, Livewire listeners. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the show. Now, even though our live shows are on hold for the time being, now is a great time to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can learn about new episodes that are coming out. You can get timely updates and upcoming live shows and events once it's safe to do that. You can subscribe today by clicking on the Stay Informed button on our website, livewireradio.org. All right, let's close out this house party with a little music. Fantastic Negrito, also known as Xavier Amin de Frepeles, is a singer and songwriter whose music spans all kinds of genre, blues, R&B, roots. In 2015, he won NPR's Tiny Desk Contest, and since then has gone on to win three Grammys for Best Contemporary Blues Album. We talked to him in May of last year. Take a listen. Fantastic Negrito, welcome to the house party. Well, thank you very much for having me on your incredible show. You look amazing right now. Like, you are so put together. Is this, like, how you are doing in quarantine normally? Well, you know, when I'm Fantastic Negrito, it's like a superhero. I got to put on the outfit. Uh-huh. But then I, I, I take it off because, you know, I don't want to die. Wait, it's a, it's protective in some way? No, I mean, if you don't get out of these characters you create, you end up, like, you know, you read about these people all the time who die. Like, they keep, they believe they're the character. I don't know. So I, I kind of believe that. Like, huh. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not always, um, you can't just always be on. Like, sometimes I'm just yeah. a farmer. Sometimes I'm just a brother. Sometimes I'm just a dad. And I kind of prefer that. I like to take the costume off. And they won't let me in my house dressed like this. <laughs> Get it? Um, what was, what was, did you grow up around music? What kind of music were you exposed to as a kid? Um, any, all non-popular music. I mean, I was exposed to um, lots of African music, jazz. My dad had a big jazz connection he was friends with all the jazz people because he had a you know a restaurant in the east village like in the 50s wow so my, yeah so my mom had a my mom ended up marrying a guy named Ahmed Abdul Malik after my 
father passed, and, mm. but he was actually a bass player for Thelonious Monk and a lot of people. Whoa. Yeah, so I grew up with like Dizzy and Max Roach calling my house all the time. Wow. Max Roach. Unbelievable. <laughs> what was that like for you as a kid? I mean, were you nervous around them? No, Did you learn I, from them? I hated them. No, I, I completely hated them. <laughs> wow. Because I was a normal kid. I was like, I was like, I don't like these people. They suck. Or their jazz music. It all sucks. You know? and, and then I grew up and I was like, oh no. <laughs> They're all dead now. What uh, have I done? Oh my god. But now it's just being a kid. And I should have been, I guess. I, I um, were you were you sneaking into uh, the was it Berkeley to try to learn how to play music? Yeah, I became interested in playing music, and I um I would sneak into the music department at UC Berkeley, and I would just pretend like I was supposed to be there, and I would just listen to what people were playing, and I didn't know what it was, but I found out later that they were scales. Okay. So I was, and so I learned how to play. That's when I understood the language of music because. You know, I was in such violent neighborhoods and, you know, it's just like, you know, I got tired of it, the violence. Mm -hmm. And so I would like go walk in Berkeley mm -hmm. and I just stumbled upon a music room. And I was like, wow, I bet you I could get in there because they're used to hustling and getting in places. So I just learned Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. I didn't know what that was. And I was, was like, wow, you can play that on every key. Uh -huh. And so that was how I figured it out. I remember the day it was... So I'm thankful to UC Berkeley. <laughs> they, have they given you an honorary degree yet? You have two Grammys, man. Like they should no, they be very put, proud that they that they helped teach you. No, they actually put a warrant out for my arrest and <laughs> no tried to sue me. No way. Me. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a quick break. Uh, this is Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank with Elena Passarello. Uh, we are talking to Fantastic Negrito. So you don't want to go anywhere because we will be right back with so much more of Livewire from PRX. Livewire is thrilled to be partnering with Portland's own Portal Tea this season. Formerly known as Tea Chai Tay, Portal Tea is the premier tea company in the Pacific Northwest, and they make one-of-a-kind handcrafted tea blends like cinnamon churro chai and blueberry cream Earl Grey. Use the code LIVEWIRE, all lowercase, for 20% off at portaltea.co. Welcome back to LiveWire. I'm your host, Luke Burbank, here with Elena Passarello. Hello from our actual houses. Uh, let's get back into our conversation we've been playing with Grammy Award-winning musician, Fantastic Negrito. So you were really self-taught with a lot of this music stuff. You were like sneaking into Cal Berkeley's music department <laughs> to to play instruments and, and learn music. Uh, but then you end up getting like a huge major label deal. Uh, Jimmy Iovine himself signed you. I mean, you were wow. you were really like... I was in the big time. Yeah, you were in the big time and, and then ended up deciding really that you didn't want to do music after all that and were not playing for years. Yeah, I didn't play. Well, what happened is I ended up in a coma for three weeks. Wow. And I lost, I lost my hand. You see my hand? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I broke everything, lost my hand, and then I just, you know, I became a farmer. I grew a lot of marijuana. <laughs> I'm, cu I'm curious 
Negrito, how you can play guitar. You've got a guitar with you in the studio in Oakland, and you you injured yourself. You were very badly injured in a car accident, right? That's what yes. the coma was from. And, yes. and your hand was injured. You just held it up. We can see it on Zoom. Does that affect your playing? Yeah, I can't, like, hold picks or do fine picking, so I call it the claw. Mm -hmm. So I call it the, and the claw just hacks. He's a hacker. And then I do the same on the piano, and it's actually, it made me a better songwriter, actually. That's incredible. I mean, you won this Tiny Desk Contest a few years ago, which is like, what, it was like 7,000 entries or something? Yes. And you did that without full use of one of your hands. Yeah, I just, just did it. I thought that it was a good lesson, like, hey, this music comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's the most human thing in the world is to pick up an instrument and start playing. Mm -hmm. And just I played on the streets. I was a middle-aged guy. Nobody cared. So why did I carry <laughs> that? I think it's so great to smash these mm -hmm. weird repressed fantasies that people in power have of us. Mm -hmm. I think that we have so much in common as, as human beings. And no matter what your ideology is, I mean, it's a, it's a fun place to hide. Mm. But just take a look around and it's not really benefiting any of us. So that's what a lot of this had to do with, with just becoming free from the chains. Mm -hmm. Is it hard for you, though, to stay in that place of not caring after you've won two Grammys? It's one thing when you're busking, and now, but you're you're a, a celebrated musician now. Man, I don't know if I'm that celebrated, number one. And number two, just listen to my records. I don't care. Mm. I don't. People are whispering, but that's not blues. But that's not, I don't care. But that's, you should put horns and you'll be famous. I don't care. I don't care. I'm happy. It's so fun not to care. And I, I make my music in this room. Mm. If you want to work with me, you got to come to this funky ass room. <laughs> <laughs> Two months ago, Sting was right here with me in this room. Really? Wow. And, and I'm just so glad I'm middle-aged. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a pretty white girl. I'm not Beyonce. I just, who, who cares? But it's true, right? Like once you reach a certain age, not caring feels so free. It's like, so powerful. You spend so much of your youth caring about things. Oh my that... God. Yeah, exactly. So what song are we going to hear? It's called Nobody Makes Money. It's before the Grammys. Mm. I used to busk on the street with it. And I'm dedicating it to all the musicians out there who are struggling. Mm. All right. This is the fantastic Negrito here on the Live Wire House Party. Well, well, well. Ain't nobody making money No, no more Ain't nobody making money Like they did before Have me on my knees singing, please Well, I need to make more green Oh, I woke up this morning To a rising river The food and gas prices Oh, you know, I started to shiver. Sit on my knees and please. I need to make more green. And some of you out there spend all your money on a useless education. Now you're standing in line, feeling all the frustration. You know, mama tell you, mama always told you. Do the best that you can Well, mama, this is wage slavery Wage slavery, come on and get it now Ba-ba-ba Ba-ba-ba Ain't nobody making money 
They're working all the time All day and all night Lord, it's a grind, grind, grind Ain't nobody making money no more Why? Cause it's so hard to find Ain't nobody making money In the USA Except the big old corporations, y'all That's right In the NRA They say, bang, bang, kill, kill Don't worry The feds will print more bills They will Well, you spent all your money on a useless education Now you're standing in line feeling all the frustration Listen to mama cause mama always told you Do the best that you can I said mama this is wage slavery Wage slavery, come on and get it y'all Money, 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 money. Woo! Give me some of that money. Fantastic Negrito right here on the Livewire House Party. Hey, thank you so much. That was incredible. Stay safe down there in Oakland, okay? Hey, you guys be safe and I'll be back. That was fantastic. Negrito on the Live Wire House Party recorded in May of last year. Uh, Xavier also wrote the new anthem for the Oakland Roots soccer team. Wow. Before we get out of here, a little preview of next week's show. Uh, We are going to be talking to John Green. He is an amazing writer podcaster, vlogger. Uh, He wrote that best-selling YA novel, The Fault in Our Stars. So that's kind of aimed at young adults. But if you're just an A, (laughs) if you're an adult, you really want to hear about this new book he has out. It's called The Anthropocene Reviewed. He gives these like Yelp-style reviews, like one to five stars of, of everything from the yips to Diet Dr. Pepper to academic decathlons. Like it's just Really incredible book and, and an incredible podcast as well. Then I'm so excited about this. We're going to be talking with the brilliant rapper, singer, writer, podcast host in her own right. Who doesn't host a podcast <laughs> at this point, Elena? Dessa will be talking about her abiding love of Terry Gross. This might be, I would say, definitely the best hip hop song I've ever heard that is about Terry Gross and Hands Carmen down. Sandiego. Hands down. Of course, we're also going to get your responses to the Livewire listener question. Elena, what are we going to ask the listeners for this coming week's show? Uh, in honor of John Green, write a review yeah. of something that other people love, but that you would only give one star. Melon. Mushrooms. <laughs> All right. If you've got an answer to that question, something that everybody else seems to love, but you've only, you only give it one star and you want to write a review for it, submit those answers through various social media platforms. Our handle is Livewire Radio. All right, that's going to do it for our show this week. A huge thanks to our guests, Samantha Irby, Jackie Cation, and Fantastic Negrito. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Heather D. Michelle is our executive director. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sepchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. And our marketing associate is Jennifer Vo. 
Music composition by A. Walker Spring and technical direction and audio mix by Molly Pettit. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Arts Commission, a state agency funded by the state of Oregon and the National Endowment for the Arts. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. Our show is made possible by the generous support of our members. This week, we'd like to thank members Maggie Severino of Seattle, Washington, and James Sloan of Hendersonville, Tennessee. For more information about our show or how you can listen to our podcast, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much. If you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.